Is your money not sure what to do with itself right now? At Ally, they'll help it save for the future with their smart savings tools. Bucket your money for the things that matter most. Analyze your spending and save automatically. All on top of a competitive rate. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit ally.com slash savings for more info. Ally, do it right. Ally Bank, member FDIC. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. He is one of the 50 or so still living men who played in the Negro Leagues. And we are honored now to be joined by Dennis Biddle and his wife, Patrice. Guys, thank you for being with us. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Dennis, I, I understand today happens to be your 85th birthday. Patrice, what do you have planned for Dennis? Uh, we are kind of staying. COVID has ruined all those plans. So we're enjoying our time with a good movie and a, a nice cake and some good food. Well, that sounds like a plan. Definitely. Dennis, uh, um, you're 85 as of today. You played in the Negro Leagues in the 1950s, uh, half a decade after Jackie Robinson broke the color line in Major League Baseball. What, what were the Negro Leagues like at that point as they were, they were frankly fading away? Well, at that point, the Negro League, as I can uh, reminisce back, was more or less a training, game, training ground for the Major League. Uh, you know, uh, Brent Rickey, uh, this was his um, major, this was one of his long-range goals, you know, to use the Negro League as a minor league system for the Major League. And that's what it really was without that credibility. So as I look back, the men that was training us were men who had, had made this history in the Negro Baseball League. And I'm grateful to be able to uh, have been a part of that. This is the year in which we are celebrating the 100th anniversary of the establishment of Negro League Baseball. Um, but we mentioned the pandemic. Uh, some of the celebrations that were planned are not taking place. Uh, how, how are you, how are you trying to, uh, communicate the message of the importance of the history of the Negro Leagues against the backdrop now of the pandemic, Dennis? Well, um, my wife is playing a big part of this and I really appreciate it. But I want to thank the Milwaukee Brewers because uh, for the past 25 years, they have helped me uh, to bring that to the forefront because of uh, every year we have a, uh, the Brewers honor players from the Negro Baseball League at a, at a game that they have uh, at, uh, during that time. And uh, this year, because of the virus, we were – we will not be able to have that. And this being the 100th anniversary, kind of, uh, we have to do something. So my wife felt that she had to do something about it. And she's doing a great job about it. So we're having a virtual tribute. The day that we would normally have had the celebration with the Brewers was scheduled for July 24th of this year. Um, usually, in conjunction with the Brewers, we will host a, an event um, a community event. 
And so, and it would be the following day. And so we're just going to follow lead with what we've normally or traditionally done. And we're going to have a virtual tribute um, uh, with the players being interviewed by one of the radio personalities here in Milwaukee. Um, and we'll probably get some, we're hoping to get some other uh, players to weigh in on this tribute. But so far we've gotten some uh, major league players. I'm, Blue Moon Odom is one of them, and, and maybe uh, Johnny Rogers from the NFL, and some other players to weigh in on the significance of the history um, and, and how it contributed to their success. We're talking with Patrice and Dennis Biddle about baseball in the Negro Leagues. Uh, of course, Jackie Robinson broke the color line in 1947. He had played for the Kansas City Monarchs. Uh, by the early 1950s, when Dennis Biddle came to the Negro Leagues as a 17-year-old pitcher, uh, the leagues were losing their uh, reason for being as baseball was becoming more fully integrated. But, of course, Dennis, baseball wouldn't be truly integrated um, it wouldn't be more wide. There wouldn't be more widespread integration for a number of decades. Some teams didn't have black players until the late fifties. So, um, so, so, why did, um, as you said, there there were hopes that the Negro Leagues could be a training ground for Major League Baseball, the way that um, the minor leagues were. But uh, what was it like being in professional baseball in the nineteen fifties as only some teams were embracing integration. You know, um, players like Hank Aaron, Ernie Banks, Willie May, we all were in the Negro League during that time. And, and this is how we got to the Major League, through through the Negro League. And uh, a lot of other players went to the Minor League. And, and I just, you know, when I look back, uh, I have to say it was like it was a training ground because the players, the managers and the owners of the teams, most of them had been players in the Negro Baseball League. And I don't know if they were getting uh, paid uh, from the major league for preparing us, but uh, they were uh, very interested in us taking this legacy on and, and at the same time preparing us for the major league, keeping the Negro League alive. Patrice. As I said, uh, I think the best estimates are that there are about 50 or so living veterans of the Negro Leagues. How does, how does baseball as an industry, an institution treat them? You know, it's interesting that you would ask that question because my experiences, uh, from what I gather was having been with my husband for the past few years has been very disappointing that, first of all, a lot of people don't even recognize the fact that there are living players. That's the first. Uh, but but even with that, I don't see the widespread um, acknowledgement, um, you know, paying homage, the, the honoring, you know, giving them, you know, because – it, it, it almost appears to me that if they weren't considered among the greats, the Satchel Page and, and the Hank Aaron, so the names weren't recognized, then they don't get the same level of validity or, or, or um, uh, recognition or dedication. And so I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, 
an atrocity, I think. I, I would even use that word for the simple fact that they, too, contributed and made the sacrifices and had to endure, uh, endure I'm sorry, the racist, racism and, and, and the lack of opportunities because of the skin of their color. So I think they contributed greatly to the America Greatest Pastime, but yet they're not given their due diligence. And I think it's a sad situation. And, and Dennis, it, it's it's your hope, I know, um, and the hope of others that baseball will step up and and do more uh, for the players of your generation from the Negro Leagues. Yes, uh, I, I the major leagues have done some, have given us some help. Some of the players did and are getting a major league pension because of you know they had to have played. Uh, four years or more in the Negro League to qualify. Most of the players that are living now, like I told you in the beginning, we went, we were going through a training process for the Major League. And a lot of these players didn't play for one or two years or three years. And they, they were going either to the Major League, they were too old to play, uh, uh, got hurt, uh, and missed out. So uh, the players that are living now not uh, most of them are not getting what they, the other players that played four or five years in the league are getting. And that's what the last 25 years is what I've been doing, thanks to the major league, thanks to all of the organizations that helped me uh, get some help to those players be- before they – and Bud Selig played a, a, a very important part when he was in Major League, helping us. And uh, I just wish that something would happen for the rest of these players. And some of them living now in the 80s and 90s got no kind of recognition other than just uh, they played in the Negro Baseball League. And this is what I'm hoping that would happen. We would get some kind of recognition. They will, and not before they all leave this world. We have about 30 or 40 players that are still living, and most of them in their 80s and 90s. We're speaking with Dennis and Patrice Biddle about their efforts to honor veterans of the Negro Baseball Leagues who are still among us, uh, as Dennis just said, you say about 30 or 40. The number I had seen was about 50, including, of course, some uh, players who also played in the major leagues, including Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. Uh, Dennis, what kind of a pitcher were you? Uh, I have to say I was a, a, a great pitcher. Uh, I was on my way to the major leagues. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I, I couldn't stop me. I broke my ankle in two places, but in high school, I was uh, a great pitcher, and also in the Negro League, I consider myself. In the two years I was there, uh, I was uh, outstanding. I was one of the guys that was uh, picked to go to the major leagues, and uh, uh, because of the accident, it didn't make it. The accident when you when you were in the major league camp, first day. In those days, the major league were purchasing a contract. Of the, see, they got nothing for Jackie Robinson inducted into the league. The Negro League did not. So what they did, they had uh, the younger players sign long-binding contracts. So if a major league team were interested, they had to purchase that contract. Uh, my contract was purchased by the Chicago Cubs. 
and uh, in spring training, 1955. And Mesa, Arizona is when I broke my, as a free agent, that's what we were, only free agents until we made the team. But I broke my ankle in two places and it never healed. And that was my end uh, going to the major league, I, I believe. Uh, of course, I felt after that that I could still run as fast as I ever did, but uh, I had trials with several teams after that and I didn't make it, so. That was the end of my question. Well, Dennis, we want to uh, we want to wish you again a happy birthday, uh, a happy 85th. Uh, Patrice, thank you as well for joining us and for continuing to share the history and your memories of the Negro Leagues. For more information, you can go to yesterdaysnegroleague.com, set up by Yesterday's Negro League Baseball Players Foundation, celebrating 100 years of greatness committed to the preservation, dedication, and education of Negro League Baseball. Dennis, thank you so much. Patrice, thank you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride, from the thrill of the revving engine and pure adrenaline of flying down the highway. To the confidence of knowing that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service. But Ari Snyder has one reason in particular. I have extremely large upper arms. They won't even fit into most shirts. Thankfully, biking really embraces vest culture, so I feel accepted. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.